Hey, welcome to Authen Felicity. I'm your host, Felicity Bean, and I'm thrilled to be building an online community based on inclusivity, honesty, and shameless expression. As I embark on my nomadic travels, reshaping my worldly views, unlearning rigid beliefs, and embracing an open mindset, I'll be sharing my authentic journey, embracing both the ebbs and flows. My goal is to motivate, inspire, and empower you, while also learning from the mistakes that have shaped me and continue to do so. Throughout this journey, I'll be engaging with interesting people I meet from around the globe, some of whom share similar mindsets, while others may challenge my world beliefs. I warmly invite you to join this community, where I believe we are all teachers as well as students, and all I ask in return is for you to come as you are and keep an open mind. Welcome to Authen Felicity. Got one life, I won't regret it. I will fight until I get it. I'll look back one day from heaven and say, damn, I learned some lessons. And say, damn, I had no questions. I had fun in every second and the journey was a blessing, yeah. Is there such a thing as being too self-aware? Hello and firstly welcome back, thank you for being here and joining me on yet another episode. If you are new, welcome and I am so grateful to have you along for the ride. Okay, so I am interested in this topic because well firstly I fall victim to this quite a lot and usually if you are going through something it's likely that there are many others that are too. But also, as some of you may already know, I am a life coach. Well, a life coach in training. I am a part of the Jay Shetty Certification School and I've started coaching. I've started my practice coaching to gain new skills and learn firsthand. And this is a topic that has come up quite a bit. So I thought it is likely a hot topic then many more people will probably relate and hopefully gain some valuable insights from this episode. So let's dig right in with firstly, what even is self-awareness? What is the definition of self-awareness? What does it entail? So self-awareness is basically your own conscious knowledge of your feelings, your emotions, and your desires. Knowing our own inner character, what's important and why, What does success and happiness look like for you? This is the first thing that I actually look at within my coaching practice, within my clients, is how self-aware are my clients? Because without it, without emotional intelligence and self-knowledge, it's really hard to discover themselves in new ways. To really control your reflection or self, you need to be really aware and connected to yourself and the world and the people around you. So by having a sense of self-awareness, you will better be able to understand others, you will be better at articulating yourself, and it's hard to aim and become your best self when you're not even fully aware of who you currently are, who your current self is. So knowing about where you are and why you are there will inevitably help change, it will enable change. So now kind of a few examples of what self-awareness is and firstly one example could be having a growth mindset so being self-aware means that you can see that you're not a fully grown person yet and why shy away from this why fear our limitations 
but instead see them as opportunities to develop further. No one's perfect and we'll always have opportunities to improve. So it's having this growth of mindset, having this sense of self-awareness of our limitations and where we can improve and where we can develop is not just knowing what we're good at, but also knowing what we can improve on. So uh, another example of having self-awareness is knowing that your thoughts become your reality. So this may seem obvious to some of you, but I think if you're someone that has a negative mindset, i.e. you find yourself that you talk down to yourself a lot or you self-criticize or you become overly analytical, your thoughts often become your actions. What you think has power especially if you are aware of those thoughts as well. So having self-awareness would be catching yourself when you're overly critical of yourself and swapping out those words you use for more uplifting ones. Because if you aren't aware of these things, they can be even more damaging. If you don't practice your self-awareness and develop a deeper sense of awareness, your mind really can truly become so unruly. And a really nice example, actually, a friend recently shared this with me. They shared their mindset shift. And it was regarding having a better relationship with money, or we can call it having a money mindset. So they used to find themselves saying that things are too expensive. This is too expensive for me. I can't afford that. And what this does is this ultimately creates a sense of a lack mindset. It's negative. You're putting yourself down. You have a lack mindset. So instead, he has chosen to reframe it for a more positive mindset, a more abundant mindset. And now he finds himself saying, or he catches himself and says, that is not good value. That is not good value for money. Or I can't afford that yet, but I'll be able to afford that soon. And simply by just shifting your perspective, just changing your mindset that little bit by catching yourself and being aware, we can ultimately shape our reality because it's so true our thoughts really do become our reality so that's a couple of examples of self-awareness and practice uh, now let's have a little look at some of the benefits i mean we've seen them through those two examples before but another study um a harvard business review in fact found that when we are more self-aware we are more confident we are more creative we make better decisions we build better relationships, and we can communicate more effectively. And on the other end of the spectrum, we are less likely to do things that are counterproductive. If we have a sense of self-awareness, we are less likely to do things that are antisocial, like lying or cheating, and the the list goes on. So we know what self-awareness is, We've seen some examples and we've seen how it's beneficial. So where does, where does self-awareness come from? When does it arise? And actually, when we're just 18 months old, this is where our first sense of self-awareness comes from. And at this age, we're actually able to recognize ourselves in the mirror. And that in itself is a sense of self-awareness. And other animals have self-awareness other animals can look at themselves in a mirror. I think, for instance, like uh, lots of primates, elephants do this. They can look themselves in the mirror, have a sense of self, recognize themselves. And I love animals. So you may be thinking, how do we know that they're looking at themselves and knowing it's them? Well, if you have a look at some studies, you'll find that actually, if they were to have a, a wound on their body, like an open cut or a sore or some kind of bite or something, 
they've been shown to look at themselves in the mirror and look at that exact spot on their body that they knew they had this sore and kind of like analyze it, look at it, pick it, you know? It's really fun actually, go have a look at some animal studies on self-awareness. It's quite funny seeing when they look at themselves and they get that shock for the first time of what they look like. Kind of like when you first wake up in the morning and catch yourself in the bathroom and you're like, wow, okay, bedhead. (laughs) So from 18 months old, we then, at the age of around four or five, start to develop more self-awareness and this is called self-consciousness we become aware that we can be perceived by others and we can perceive them as well. So by developing it so young, we can see why sometimes there may be issues that we have around self-awareness that may be so deep-rooted in our childhood, even to a time that we can't even remember. Because I don't know about you, I can't, I can barely remember when I'm four or five, let alone when I was 18 months old. So it's something we develop so young and then something we carry through with us the rest of our life. Uh, I'd like to draw your attention now to the fact that there are actually also two types of self-awareness to be aware of. (laughs) Firstly, there is external self-awareness. This is also known as public self-awareness, and this is our awareness around others. Um, We're wanting to be, you know, socially accepted, and we worry what others may think of us, we may find ourselves becoming hypervigilant towards others, others' views and perspectives. And this is what is known as external awareness. The other form is internal or also known as private awareness. And this is having um, an awareness of our feelings, our attitudes, our cognition that are private, that we think about and are aware of when we're introspective. It's kind of like our internal mirror, if you will. And like anything in life, everything kind of falls on a spectrum and that is no exception with self-awareness. There are always two polar opposite ends and then there's a nice balance in the middle and we will fall somewhere on that spectrum and it changes. Just like personal development evolution, we are constantly transitioning, reforming, adapting and so on. So on one end of this spectrum, there is having very low sense of awareness. And a lot of studies have shown that actually by having a low sense of awareness, you usually also have a low sense of empathy. The two are correlated. And while it may seem great, I often I often wonder about what it would be like to be more naive, you know? Uh, to maybe not know how people think about me, you know, not have that in my awareness, or to not constantly be working out other people. <laughs> but actually it does have its pitfalls. And some of these are not being able to understand your own emotions or being able to emotionally regulate or not being able to connect so well with others by not being good at external cues or expressing and so on. And then of course, there is the other end of the spectrum. There is the having a very high sense of self-awareness, which is kind of what this podcast is about. Is there Is there such a thing as too much self-awareness? It's at this other end where we are constantly analyzing ourselves, constantly analyzing and critiquing everything to do with our self and our emotions, thoughts, and so on. And this can lead to overthinking. This can lead to perfectionism. We can become so indecisive because we have so many thoughts and we're trying to examine everything. 
we can become so self-evaluative or self-obsessive. And like the saying goes, too much of a good thing can be harmful. And we can see that in this case as well, being too self-aware can actually be detrimental. And having too much self-awareness, this can also be both internal and external, like we spoke about before. Because we spoke about the internal, we spoke about the being really critical on ourselves, being quite obsessed, you know, thinking so much about our thoughts and our emotions and analyzing every little thing. But also it can be external because sometimes we think so much about what other people think that it can paralyze us. And in fact, they probably don't even care that much at all. We are overthinking what they are thinking. And I think this, I'm not sure what this is like a saying, and I'm not entirely sure who said it because there's a lot of contradictory information online, which we'll also be getting into later. But this saying, I think, perfectly sums it up. And it goes like this. I am not what I think I am. I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. And if that's not mind boggling, and if that doesn't just solve everything and also confuse everything at the same time, (laughs) I don't know what does. It is so true. We put so much emphasis on what we think other people think and how can we even know that? And they're probably not even thinking it. So it's not even our own thoughts we need to think about, but it's thinking about if we're thinking about other people too much as well and their thoughts. (laughs) And then this can lead to something known as intellect. Mm, How do I say this? intellectualization that's a very long word and it's basically a defense mechanism it's where you overly analyze everything to why you feel that way logically what's going on chemically or neurologically in your body to make you feel that way to make you feel the way you do you want to know the reasoning behind everything you want to have justifications for the way you feel to a point that you stop yourself, you don't even allow yourself to feel these emotions, you don't allow yourself to go through the motion of feeling them. We take it a step beyond where we use reasoning to stop us from confronting our emotions and that's not good because ultimately all emotions are trying to do is teach you something and if we're not listening, if we're not observing, then we won't learn these lessons and we won't know what it is our body or the environment or something is trying to tell us and then of course it can also lead to evaluation anxiety when we're hyper vigilant in social situations and like we were saying earlier when we put too much focus on other people's perceptions of you you can become less authentically yourself you can act in different ways when you're in social settings you're not as free you're not as happy and this can ultimately lead to having a sense of social anxiety as well So we can see from this sliding scale that as well as not having a sense of or a good sense of self-awareness that can be detrimental, also having too much of it can be as well. So maybe now we get into a little bit of where does it even come from? Where does does self-awareness come from? Where Where do these abilities and where we fall on this sliding scale, where does it come from? So there are a few um, hypotheses. There are a few Well, there are many more than a few, but I'm going to go through a few. (laughs) So the first one is this idea that those that are more intelligent, there is a link between intelligence and having more self-awareness, which then makes them prone to overthinking or that they 
spend more time in this analysis and overthinking, which then makes them more self-aware. So we know there's a relationship. We're just not sure. What we're not sure is the variable, which direction the relationship goes. But there is high links with intelligence and self-awareness. So essentially, with this link, it comes from this overthinking aspect that comes along with it. So by analyzing things in greater detail, i.e. worrying about what you just said or worrying about how it came across or worrying about what others may think of you. This is the overthinking. And now we do this because we think by really thinking about a situation, we can maybe have more self-awareness or we can come to a conclusion that we hadn't thought of before. You know, we can form new perspectives. And we do this because we know that overthinking is kind of a, is a kind of a sense of control but it can actually be a contradiction because by constantly overthinking and analyzing and reassessing, we can fall victim to what is known as analysis paralysis, whereby we think about something so much that it can actually become even more unclear and confusing to us because we've gone off on so many directions and so many tangents and we've overthought it and thought this and there are contradictions and we're like, ah, like, what does this even mean anymore? Like, who am I? What are these thoughts I'm even having? So overthinking can be a real problem. And there is actually also a link between overthinking, self-awareness and perfectionism. And I actually did a whole other episode, a podcast episode, all around perfectionism. So if you'd really like to delve into that and delve into deeper into what it is, where it comes from, what are some of kind of like the symptoms, as well as a lot of self-help tips, what I call call to actions that we can actually do to help alleviate these tendencies, then feel free to go check that out. But essentially just for this topic and this podcast in brief, what it is, perfectionism is when we set such a high expectation for ourselves that it's often unachievable. And when we fall short of that, we feel guilty and we blame ourselves. We we beat ourselves up and we feel shame. And this falls hand in hand with self-awareness because when you are self-aware, you are also, you become more aware of your failures. And at times when you're not falling into alignment with your values that you hold yourself to, you're more aware of this. So there's that link of where it could come from and where it can lead to. And another interesting way, another way in which we may develop a higher sense of self-awareness, I was actually while I was doing research for this podcast and general self-development on myself, I came across another really wonderful podcast, which I would like to recommend. I've listened to a couple of episodes now and thought they were fantastic. And it's called The Psychology of Your Twenties. And it's by a lovely, bubbly, very smart lady called Gemma. And I actually heard this one on there. And she talks about how there is a link between being an only child and having a high sense of self-awareness. And This is because these children spend a lot more time on their own. They spend a lot more time self-reflecting. And this makes sense because you're likely to spend less time with other children around the house. Uh, I feel like this may even be true for those that are in smaller families or, you know, have less cousins or even have less friends growing up. So it's really like a necessity for them to be good at understanding themselves and spending the majority of time with their own thoughts and emotions. And then on top of this, 
they are also more likely to spend more time with adults like their parents or maybe their parents' friends. And thus they are likely to have their reasoning skills develop quicker. And then of course, we carry all these skill sets that we learn at a young age into our later life. And with it being, having such emphasis and being so important at a young age, they're likely then to show these these tendencies at a higher frequency in adulthood. So I thought that was very interesting. I didn't come from, I had a sibling, um, but I did live in the countryside. (laughs) And I did often find it hard to connect with my friends because I lived so far away. And I was always reliant on my parents to, you know, I'd ask them to drive me to meet my friends and they were working and so forth. So I did find myself also a lot of the time on my own with my own thoughts, you know, out playing in the countryside with a lot of time for (laughs) self-awareness. So I wonder if there's also a relationship between, between that as well. You don't just have to be an only child, but if you don't have a lot of younger people in your life when you're younger. And then on to the third point, which um, I'm really excited to talk about. And it's a little controversial, especially for the line of work I'm in as well. So this is a kind of a cultural and societal explanation for self-awareness. So this next reasoning that I'm going to give you, yes, it sounds a little counterintuitive. I mean, I'm all about self-help, all about personal growth. I mean, I'm a coach in training myself who really believes in personal development and holistic living. I do a podcast surrounding it. I post on all my social medias. I actively live and breathe it, literally breathe it. I do them off. <laughs> but is there too much focus? Is there too much analysis on this, on this topic of self-help? Now, it's great how much it's evolved. It really has come from a place where in the past, People couldn't even talk about their feelings, you know? I know speaking to my parents a lot and this generation, it wasn't a thing. Talking openly about your feelings or your emotions, it was fearful. It was it was almost seen as weak. It was something that you didn't do. And then we come from this society of like men having to always be, now I'm air quoting here, strong. You know, men don't show their emotions. Only weak men show their emotions. Now, this is something that I do not believe. This is an idea I'm so happy to be shifting away from. And then we also see this massive shift in mental health and mental well-being. And it's great. But sometimes, do we emphasize it too much? Do we emphasize the ability to overanalyze everything, every little emotion, and not just let it be? So with this big shift, what I'm talking about is there is a huge rise in in content creators, especially on social media, creating content and almost churning it out at such a pace that is too fast to keep up with. You know, we have TikTok, we have Instagram Reels, we have podcasts like this, and we are absorbing a lot of it constantly. And I recently had this saying, which I thought was so beautiful, and it says that we should make contributions. We shouldn't make content. The information that we put out there should be contributing to society. It should be moving forwards to to building a bigger, and maybe not bigger, to producing a healthier and better society. And with all of this information streaming from every platform, how do we know that what we are consuming is completely factual or even helpful to us? And with this frequency bias, the fact that we're seeing it a lot, it makes us really think that we should be doing it, you know? 
Now, obviously, I fall into this bracket. I am no exception. I make content like this. So obviously, I think it can be beneficial. But let me share with you when I think it could actually be counterproductive. And firstly, that is when there is so much contradictory information out there. Information that contradicts one another and you just, you, you know, you look in one place and you hear one thing and one way to do it and then you read in another, that's not the way to do it, this is how to do it. And it, it's mind-boggling, it's confusing. It's like, where do I begin and, and which way's right and what's wrong and like, ah! <laughs> and the second way is when there's false or should I say like not scientifically backed up, like in factual information. This is when we need to be careful because a lot of the time also people are just churning out information and they need another bit of another post to post, you know, they need to keep up with their engagement. So they may see something from somewhere else and they may use it in their own style, but they haven't actually factually checked it. And the person they got it from, it may be wrong. And then lastly, thirdly, is when we are already overthinking, when we are already analyzing everything. The more information we take on, on a topic externally, especially if it's contradictory, can just leave us spiraling. It can just lead us to this whole like analysis paralysis idea that we spoke about earlier. So that's definitely something to bear in mind when it comes to all this like self-help and and self-love and everything, you know, coming, coming to the surface now and being spoke about, which is fantastic. We just need to be careful on what information we're digesting and what we're believing and, and what we're participating in. So back to this sliding scale, how do we find balance with all this going on? And I really think it's to recognize when we are overthinking or when we are self-examining and we really need to dig deep on what is the reason that we're doing this? We need to get to the root. Like, is it beneficial for you? Is it beneficial for your growth to be analyzing this so much, to be thinking about every little thing? Or is it maybe a survival strategy or an avoidance tactic to really prevent you from really feeling your emotions and being present with them until they pass? Is it like a a sense of discomfort? Because ultimately, like, like all emotions, they all pass. And maybe we just need to give ourselves the time to let that process happen. Also, what practices are you following? And are they beneficial to you? Because not all mindfulness, not all self-health practices are going to work for everyone. And that is perfectly okay. In fact, the last podcast I just did, I just recently did a podcast on meditation. And within that, I was explaining that, you know, for me, I thought meditation was the way forward, the only way that I could clear my mind and be with my thoughts or or to even shut them off or become self-aware. And I was always like forcing myself into it, you know. Everyone was doing it. Everyone was telling me it was great. So I tried it. It didn't work. And I felt like a failure. I was like, oh, like I'm not good at this. I'm not good at self-help. I can't meditate. I'm never going to improve on my personal development. But there are so many other ways that can work for you. And given that example of meditation, in fact, I have found that it does work for me, but I have tweaked it and I'm now doing it in a way that does work for me. You know, don't listen to one way that someone tells you to do something and go, okay, that's the way it needs to be done. You know, when do we do that in life anyways? We all like to be innovative. We all like to think outside the box. And we need to start thinking inside ourselves, having the self-awareness to cultivate ways in which work for us. And then again, of course, linking to this, going back to being conscious of what you are consuming, especially on social media. Because if you think each time you view something, views are engagement, 
and engagement makes money. So people are really trying to get your attention. They're trying to grab your attention. And let me tell you, a lot of the things that are important or factual or have the most evidence may not be the most popular on social media. People are fighting for the top spot, fighting to go viral, fighting to you know be top of the discovery page. So they're going to put out content that's super eye-catching, super like, like, you know, makes you, makes you think, grabs your attention. So we really need to make sure that what we are consuming is factual and that it's coming from a good place. Okay, so we now know what self-awareness is. We know where it comes from and we know how not having a balance can cause things like perfectionism, analysis paralysis, and is heavily and scientifically linked to anxiety amongst numerous other things that we've discussed. So now I'd like you to have a think of where you fall on this sliding scale of self-awareness. Which end do you fall more in? Are you are you great and you just smash you're smashing self-awareness and you're in the middle? If so, please send me some tips. <laughs> do you take the time to be self-aware enough? Or are you in fact too aware that it's causing you to overthink and act not out of authenticity? Do you allow yourself to feel your emotions? Because I've said it before and I will say it until I am blue in the face, even if that is just to drill it into me. (laughs) It's that emotions are valid. All emotions are valid. None are good, none are bad. They are essentially signifiers to deeper understand the things that need our attention, whether that be in our environment, in our bodies. They are not the problem. They are identifiers to the solution of the problem. So we really should start listening and paying more attention to them. So how to be more self-aware, how to even reach this. Now, practicing mindfulness is, is a really big way that's so impactful and that is really connecting with yourself and connecting to the environment. It's about focusing your attention inwardly in a world that's so full of external stimulation. And we can do this in mindful practices such as meditation, journaling, simply trying new things and figuring out what you like and what you don't like. Anything that's going to help you discover something about yourself, something that you enjoy doing, something that doesn't align with your values so that you know that that's not what you're about, something that makes you feel happy and purposeful. And a lot of the time to do that, it really is about slowing down. It really is about going inwardly. And it really is about sitting with our emotions. So back to this topic. Do you think it's possible to be too self-aware? What are your thoughts and feelings? How did you find this podcast? I would suggest like with everything you've come across is to form your own conclusions. Take this as a thought exercise and see how it really resonates with you. What emotions does it bring up? And what feelings is it trying to show inside of you? I would love to hear more. I would love for you to reach out and let me know. If you're not already, feel free to follow me on Insta. It's Authenfelicity. All my links are down below in the description. And send me a message, DM me, or follow along for more tips and insights and inspiration. And send me a message, DM me, let me know what you thought of this podcast, any insights you had, or any other topics you'd like me to delve into. And if you like this episode or any of the other ones on my channel, it would mean so much to me if you could give me a five-star rating. It would really help me to 
reach more individuals who may benefit from hearing this or the many other episodes that I have on my channel. Go check them out, see what resonates. I hope you feel lighter and maybe you've had some food for thought and just know that you're not alone. This is part of human design. But we can take conscious, mindful and active steps to improving our relationships with ourselves and with our self-awareness. So with that being said, thank you again. Thank you so much. Until next week, I really hope you have some beautiful insights and you become more self-aware. If you made it this far, thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. I really hope something you heard sparked an insight and I'd be delighted if you were to share it with the community. Don't forget to subscribe, turn on notifications and leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. For more content and to connect with me, head to the link in the description for my socials. Until next time, stay authentic and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Got one life, I won't regret it. I will fight until I get it. I'll look back one day from heaven and say, damn, I learned some lessons and say, damn, I have no questions. I had fun in every second and the journey was a blessing, yeah.